Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 410. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here. And I'm thrilled to introduce our guest today, Isaac Gelbinovich. Isaac is the owner of Speaking to Succeed, and I can't wait to just jump into conversation with you, Isaac. I'm so happy to finally have you here, by the way. My pleasure, Kim. Listeners, you've heard me say over and over again, and you're going to hear me say it forever. So if you get tired of hearing it, you can, you know, unsubscribe, but I hope you won't. But positive productivity is not about perfection. And Isaac and I, well, I think we can put it all on me, (laughs) reschedule attempts. But Isaac, I would love if you would share a bit of your backstory to just enlighten the listeners on how you got to where you are today. Okay, Kim, I am originally from Soviet Georgia. It's a country south of former Soviet Union. And I came to this country in 1980, August of 1980, to be precise, with my family, my mother, my father, my grandmother, and my younger brother. And at the time, I didn't speak a word of English because my foreign language was French and then Russian and some other languages, but none of it was English. And when I came to the United States, I found myself just not being able to speak at all. And I was 23 years old. I mean, I wasn't like a little kid. And it was a struggle. It was a big struggle. And I learned one thing from my father. Do not be ashamed to talk. Okay. Yes, my English wasn't perfect. It's like a gross understatement. There was no English. I stuttered. I struggled. I made funny sentences. But to my surprise, people understood that. They heard my accent and they understood I'm not from here. And they were patient with me. And little by little, I started well, speaking better. And then I actually started teaching others to speak English. Not exactly speak English, but to present. I'm a professional speaker. I'm a public speaker. I'm a presenter. I'm a storyteller. And I teach others how to tell their story. Because my sincere belief is everybody has a story. And only you can tell your story because it's your story. Oh, I love that. Everybody really does have a story. Absolutely. Well, I have to say, there are some days that I struggle with even speaking. Like right now, actually just this morning, my awesome assistant Lang started editing my solo episodes because I have always held on to editing those myself. Yeah, myself. Mm -hmm. See, listen to that. (laughs) I'm having trouble speaking English right now. I think I've been in Ohio too long. You're doing fine, (laughs) I just warned her. I said, please take out the sections where I'm yelling at my kids to keep it down. Or all of those times when I just flubber over what I'm trying to say. And she's like, you know, I was over here laughing my butt off. She's like, you never had that much trouble talking with a guest. And, you know, you can hardly get the thought out when you're doing it by yourself. I said, I know, right? Like, it's just a constant line of bloopers. Listeners, if you haven't heard my blooper episodes before, go back. They're episode 57 and 125, and we're due for another. There are loads and loads of bloopers. But I so appreciate what you're doing. You are helping people share their story. Yes. So I know that you had some ups and downs. Would you mind indulging more in sharing your story? Okay. Sorry to just dig in like that. 
No, 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 not at all. We're here to be transparent, and I like it. You get what you hear, or you hear what you get. I don't know what the expression is. English is still my sixth language, so. <laughs> anyway, about Isaac. Like I said, I came here to the United States in August of 1980, and first few years were like difficult because, uh, believe me, it was like another planet. We just landed like in, into another planet, and I was an alien because I had an alien registration number, alien registration card. So for all intents and purposes, I was an alien, and I felt like one. Then life started make, getting better. I met a girl. And we got married, and I got a job. I was a computer programmer for 27 years. And a few years later, we got a wonderful daughter, and she's now a teacher. She's uh, married, and I'm hoping for grandchildren. And 25 years later, uh, I was hit over the head with a sledgehammer. My wife passed away because of cancer. And my life stopped, just stopped. I wish I could give you a huge hug right now. Thank you. And for about two years, I was kind of drifting, honestly, without any purpose, without any reason. I would like wake up and I don't know why I woke up. Okay, let me let me just go have something, do something. What? I don't know what. Just get out of the house. Just like that, like I said, for a couple of years. And then little by little, I just realized that uh, I'm not done here yet. Yes, I had the suicidal thoughts. Uh, I was ripped apart. Literally ripped apart because when they were saying, yeah, it's your half, I was like, yeah, half, shmef, who cares? No, she was my half. She was literally my half and I was ripped apart. And like I said, little by little, I just decided to continue because uh, as trivial as it sounds, life goes on. And I had people who loved me and I had people who I love. And like I said, I wasn't done yet here. I have something to say, I have something to do. And like I said, little by little, I just got back to life. And I decided that uh, I will help others who are now in the circumstance I was before. I wasn't ready to do that for about until I'd say this year. Yeah. This year I reached out to there is an organization for widowers and I reached out and I decided to start being involved in that too. Because, uh, like I said before, I would be completely out. I wouldn't be able to say a word about my wife or talk about it. And that's what happened. So now I have to rebuild everything I built within 25 years of my being married and being happy and having family. I still have my family, part of it. <laughs> so now I'm rebuilding everything that was built. And part of it is my speaking career. Because I was a member of National Speakers Association. I was presenting. I was having workshops. I presented workshops in the United States and in Kiev, Ukraine, a number of them. In Russian, of course. And I loved it. It's my life. And I had a friend who asked me, why do you like public speaking so much? Why do you like stage so much? Yeah, I want to know the same thing. Yeah. And my only answer was, because on stage, I'm alive. Mm. That's the best I can describe. When I am on stage, when I am presenting, when I am sharing the information and sharing my passion, I'm alive. And that's the best I can describe it. It's a thrill. It's phenomenal. It's undescribable. I cannot put it to words. It's a feeling. It fills me completely, and I start beaming, basically. It's not yeah. my saying. People told me, well, you beam when you're on stage. Yes, I am. I know. And it's contagious as well, because others start beginning to believe that they can do the same. Maybe not right away, but they can. There is hope. Right. Well, I just had to interrupt, because... 
so much more has happened this year. I mean, it's not just that you got back out there, but you live in the greater New York City metropolitan area. And we met in San Diego. Yes. So it's not like you're just stepping outside your front door, but you're like really getting out there. And I heard at that event that we were at New Media Summit, listeners, people said that I was a different person than I was when I was there in September. And I was because I was more myself at this one because I don't know why in September I had been so reserved, but I realized I wasn't doing anybody justice, including myself. And I so know what you mean by feeling alive, because every time I get on a chat like this, I feel alive. I mean, I'm an introvert. You and I were talking mm. about this in a little bit in the pre-chat. I'm an introvert, but you get me behind the microphone, and you can't shut me up. I mean, I love mm. this. Yep. So I totally get it. And I apologize for bringing in a little bit more of our pre-chat, but how would you really love to use your speaking to impact the lives of others? Like, what do you love to speak about? Okay. First of all, I like to teach people to speak about themselves because, yeah, we said, yeah, everybody likes to talk about themselves. Not quite. Yeah, maybe in private, maybe, but from stage, people all of a sudden clamp up. They said, no, I don't have anything to say. I don't have a story. Well, like I said, everybody has a story. And the world needs to hear your story. So what I help people is to, first of all, to find a story. And like a lot of times I hear, well, my life is boring. I mean, what was it? I get up, I wash my face, I go to work, I work, I come home, back home. Yeah, but everybody still has a story. There is a story there. It doesn't have to be life-changing, mind-blowing, like climbing Mount Everest story. No, no. Just everyday story. How you deal with this routine? How you deal with your family? How you deal with your spouse if you have one? How you deal with a significant other? That's the story. We need to know that because we all can relate to it in one way or the other. And that's what just together. I am one. over here laughing because right <laughs> now you don't even understand how much I appreciate this. Listeners, if you want to back up about 10 minutes... Isaac, I don't know if you heard it, but you might have heard in the background a click, 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 click. My kids were trying to make soup on the stove. <laughs> and the stove wouldn't start. And my son comes out and he's like, Mom, I don't think the gas is on. Positive productivity is not about perfection. And sometimes yours truly forgets to pay the utility bills. So, <laughs> so there's a story. Okay, you are not alone even when you are not struggling financially, you forget to pay a bill because you're so overwhelmingly busy. So I apologize, Isaac, I quickly paid the gas bill so that we can cook dinner tonight. But I was like, when you said, you know, that people say that, you know, their life is so boring, I would have thought the same thing a couple of years ago. But then I realized things like this, things like forgetting to pay the gas bill because I'm trying to do this, that and every other thing. They happen and they can make us laugh and other people can nod their head and like and think, oh, my gosh, I've done that 18 gazillion times myself. By the way, <laughs> I could use somebody to pay my bills so that we don't have to hear the click, 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 click in the background. But then that would take away the excitement in our life. Exactly. And as soon as you were saying this story, I remembered my own. All of a sudden, I'm turning on my Internet and it's not there. And without internet nowadays, we are like without hand, like right arm or left leg or whatever. And I, I called the company and said, what's going on? I said, well, you didn't pay your bill. 
So they disconnect. They turned off my internet. Uh-huh. So, oh, okay. Let, let me. Can, can I pay right now? Like this instant. Yep. I'm holding my credit card in my hands. They say, yeah, sure, no problem. And when will you turn it on? Well, it takes about 10, 15 minutes after you pay. Yes, okay, here's the number. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like I don't have this $67.50. No, I do have it. I forgot, okay? We're oh busy. my gosh, yes. And I have to share, like, and I know this is getting completely off topic, but I guess this is sort of the point of my podcast. Let's just positive productivity we got to move forward even though we make silly mistakes like this all these bills are going electronic when my inbox gets to be a mess yeah i sort of miss that one that says your gas bill is coming up you better pay it now oops yeah Mm -hmm. well now i just pre-program it and it's all taken care of oh i know that would be so smart positive productivity (laughs) i know i need to get my own personal systems in line Yeah. So listeners, point being, what, quote, boring stories like this do you have that other people could really get a kick out of because they're like, oh, my gosh, that has happened to me. Or even if it hasn't happened to them, just get out there and share. But Kim, it's not a boring story. We were both laughing. We had a laugh of it. Oh, I said, quote, boring. boring. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And this is one of the things I'm doing. I'm showing people that there are no boring stories. They're, all of them can be relatable, can be related to others. And when you tell a story, it's easy to make a point. Whatever the point is, make a point, tell a story. Or tell a story, make a point. Doesn't matter. The, the sequence, as long as you have story to anchor the point. And believe me, people remember the stories. I had a number of cases when people would come up to me and said, you know, I don't remember your name, but I remember your speech. I remember your story, like from six months ago. So I love you. I'll give you my name right now, but you remember my story. That's it. That's the best compliment to a speaker, in my opinion. Okay? Oh, I so agree. That's what I'm talking about. They remembered my speech. They remembered my story. They remembered the point. That's what's important. And the next step is to actually craft it because mm-hmm. it has to have a structure. It cannot be just blubbering out there. No, no. It has to be crafted. It has to be cleaned up, if I may say so. And then it has to be delivered. And these are the three stages, finding it, crafting it, delivering it. And that's what I do. I'm not going to write a story for you because it's your story and only you can tell your story. But I will help you to clean it up, to make it punch and to deliver. It. That's what I do. and do it pretty well, too. So how, <laughs> so how did I do setting up my story? Talking about the click, click, click in the background. Did I do okay? You did very well. Another thing is, it was a spontaneous story, like on the fly. Okay? What I would suggest, well, not in this particular case, but what I would suggest to my clients is to record it, mm-hmm. to transcribe it, and then start cleaning it up. Because inadvertently, we repeat ourselves, we stutter sometimes, but when I transcribe my stories, I do not edit at all. Whatever I said goes on paper. Yes, I said the same thing five times. Oh my God, Isaac, you're going to clean up your language. As a matter, not at this time. Then I'm going to edit it. Then I'm going to repeat it again. Then I'm going to rehearse it. And when I deliver it, it's like boom, 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 boom. One after another. It's clean. It's nice. And people remember it. It's memorable. Yeah. And it's repeatable. Which I'm laughing even more about here because listeners in our pre-chat, I remembered this person that I wanted to recommend to Isaac and I can remember his story. 
I can remember the story that he told, but can I remember his name? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately not. And Isaac said, let it go. It will come. And I'm like, case in, but I just want to, exactly. I want to tell you yeah. the person's name, but I can't remember. I can remember his story, but I can't remember. Yeah. It will come. I'm sure it will by the end of this episode. Oh, yes, it will. Uh-huh. Sure. Yep. And like I said to a speaker, it's the biggest compliment. And especially when people come up to you and say, well, yeah, I remember your story from whatever, six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. So, whoa, now I'm impressed with myself. (laughs) So that's about Isaac. I guess it's like a very extended version. (laughs) No, I love it. And it actually wasn't that extended. I can run on tremendously. Isaac, tell us a funny story that's happened in your life recently. Oh, well, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, right? Yes, you are. Well, I cannot say it was recently, but one of the funniest stories that I tell, and I told it from stage, and people remember it for a long time, it was my skiing story. Okay, like I said, I was born in Soviet Georgia, or not Soviet, but country Georgia, and it's south. It's borders with Turkey, Black Sea, so there isn't much snow there, and skiing is like all in the mountains, and we couldn't afford it, but when I was growing up, we couldn't afford it at all. And when we came here, uh, one of my friends calls me and says, uh, we're going to ski. Would you like to join? So, yeah, sure. Why not? It was downhill skiing. And we went to Killington, Vermont. It's uh, not too far from us, about three, four hours driving. And like, I'm first time skier ever. They're expert skiers. So I'm standing there. So, okay, what do I do? Well, okay, rent the equipment. Okay, I rented the equipment, so I'm standing there with my rentals. So, okay, what do I do next? And somebody said, well, yeah, you can take a lesson. But my friend who invited me, his expert skier, he was skiing like for years and years before that, said, like, you don't need a stinking lesson. Let's go up the mountain. I'll teach you everything you need. And me being first time skier, we went up the mountain. Yeah, sure. We were going up the mountain in a chairlift and I'm enjoying myself. And we're going up and up and up and up. And now I have to get off of this thing. He says, well, no, no problem. Just, just push it off. It'll push you. Well, it pushed me. It's like there was a puddle of ice cold water and I got just into it. Okay, I'm sitting in this water and I'm thinking like, oh my God, what am I doing here? I'm going to die here now. Okay, so finally I got up and I had to get down to the bottom of the mountain. And and I'm not going to tell you how many times I fell down, how many times I I bruised and whatever. I I was miserable. I was ready to quit. My wife just meets me like down at the bottom of the mountain. And she was enjoying herself on a bunny slopes. And for non-skiers in our audience, bunny slopes are where the beginners are. Where I should have been if I wasn't that stupid. I haven't even attempted the bunny slope yet, okay? Well, you're in for a treat. No, thank you. (laughs) Well, no, no. We have to meet. I have to persuade you to do that. In any case, I said, no, we're quitting. We're going back to New York. That's it. And my wife, she was a very, very smart woman. She said, listen, you wanted to sign up for a lesson. Why don't you do that? Okay, don't quit yet. Okay, I did sign up for a lesson. In one hour, they changed my whole perspective about skiing from hating everything and everybody to liking it and then loving it. And for more than 30 years, I'm skiing. I'm not an expert skier. No, it wasn't my goal, but I'm a strong intermediate skier. And I skied Canada and Vermont and New York and Massachusetts. I love it. And my whole family loved it. Our daughter skis since she was six years old. So that's the story. Okay, it was a little shorter than I say from the stage. And of course, our audience couldn't see me because it's all I run around the stage and then gesturing. But 
point of the story can be like, there can be many points, just not one point. For example, importance of education. Instead of quitting right there and never doing it again and not enjoying wonderful sport, I didn't quit. I took a course. I got education and now I'm enjoying it for many, many years. Or not quitting yet. I was ready to quit, to be honest with you. But thank to my wife and thank to me listening to her, I didn't quit. So don't quit yet. Take another chance. Give it another shot. Okay? Mm -hmm. Find help. Find a mentor. Do something about it. Like public speaking, for example. You hate it, maybe, because maybe you had a bad experience. Maybe somebody laughed at you when you were speaking. Believe me, people laughed at me a lot when I started speaking English. It didn't sway me. So that's the point. Don't quit yet. Importance of education, okay? We can have fun in many different ways. Like some people hate it. I love it. And it's okay. Everybody's different. Thank God for that. That's why everybody has a story. And it's a different story. And it's your story. And it's unique. That's the beauty of it. Unique story. And it's yours. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, see, a lot of people have their first skiing experience. Probably, I don't know, millions of people have their first skiing experience. But nobody had my experience. Mm -hmm. And when I tell this story from the stage... Kim, you cannot imagine how many people say, Isaac, I had the same story. Not the same. Similar. Yes, similar story. My friend did the same thing to me. And all of a sudden, we have a whole bond. We're bonding now. And we're laughing and we're sharing. And it's absolutely wonderful. And it's a simple story. Oh, I love that. That's what it is. I love the whole, (laughs) is parable. I just love the whole lesson and everything that you just shared. Because I was over here thinking about, keep moving forward. I don't know if I've ever shared on the podcast before that the first time I ever got behind a microphone, mm-hmm. I was running for a role in my junior high school, like a class officer position. That's what I'm trying to say. And I had a, mm-hmm. I had my speech and I got behind the microphone and I was in a private room. I wasn't even like in front of the whole school. I was just in a private media room. And my voice was shaking so bad that people thought I was crying, giving my speech. Like friends were coming up to me over the rest of the day. Why were you crying while you were on there? I was like, I wasn't crying. I was just so nervous. And that was when I was 16, 17. It took me almost 20 years to be comfortable enough to get behind the microphone again. Mm. Because I had that. And now going back to public speaking... Mm-hmm. You were talking to people, but you didn't even see them, right. and you were nervous already. Mm-hmm. Now, can we imagine when you are on stage, and everybody's looking, oh my God, they're looking at me. They're checking me out. They're staring at me. They're judging me. Not true. This is our self-talk, not what they think. We don't know what they think. We don't. And I often, I probably always say to my students, say, okay, let me ask you a quick question. When you woke up this morning today and you had to come to this workshop, it's a full day workshop. We're talking like eight hours spending with me. Did you ever think that, well, I hope Isaac sucks and I will waste eight hours of my life? Everybody starts laughing because nobody thought that this way. Right. No, you see, and your audience thinks the same way. They're not out there to waste their life on you. They're out there to get information and you're out there to give it to them. Mm -hmm. And it's your job not to disappoint them, but they're not out there to get you or to judge you or to hope that you fail. No, absolutely not. And people, yeah, you're right. I mean, I didn't think so. Of course you didn't. I know. 
<laughs> I do the same thing. When I go to a seminar, to an event, I hope to get information, valuable information. And it's not just money. Yeah, money I can earn back. It's my time, my life, which cannot be earned back. It's gone. That's it. So when I put my time to something, I want it back. I mean, I want value for it. And when I get it, I'm happy for me, for the speakers, for the event. And everybody else is also the same way. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So when I was waiting to launch the podcast, I put it off mm-hmm. for four months longer than I should have because I was worried that I wouldn't have enough to say, my kids would be interrupting, somebody would be using the yard trimmer in their yard like they are right now. You know, just various things that would make the episodes less than perfect. And that's how <laughs> the positive productivity doesn't mean perfection quote uh-huh. came about. Because I realized, I mean, there was one night, I think it's episode 121 or something, where I was trying to record solo episodes, like a batch of them, and there was a demolition derby going on at the fairgrounds not far from my house. And every time I pushed record, you could hear the... And like the crashes of the cars in the background. And I was thinking, are you serious? And that was what was gave me the final nudge into stop waiting for it to be perfect, just go. And I think that was the first episode where I really just pushed record and I didn't really, it's not that I don't care what's going on in the background. I want you all to know it. You didn't mind. I didn't mind because if we're all going to wait for perfect, then nothing's ever going to get done. We can all think, you know, when I have more money, when my teeth are whiter, when I lose weight, no, stop waiting, just go. And I'm going to keep on talking as long as this person with the weed eaters like right outside my window. Sorry, Isaac, I wish I could push mute on them. But it impresses the point here, right? Like I don't hear it. Oh, Kim, I don't hear it. No, no I, what, what I'm trying to say, forgive me for interrupting you. It's I don't hear it. So I believe that people will not hear it either. Mm-hmm. You see, you just said don't wait for perfection. And from stage, because my mentors told me and I'm saying to my students, Perfection is not desirable because it's not attainable. Yeah. We can always fix a little bit more. We can always make it a little bit better. Excellence is desirable and attainable. Mm-hmm. Because you see, just think about it. If I am perfect from the stage or on the stage or whatever, which way we say, my students will say, no, I can never be like that. Right. I'm just kind of pushing them away instead of, yeah, I made a mistake. Okay. It's a blooper. Okay, so this, oh, well, I do blues all the time. Hey, he's human. He's not perfect. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the goal, to show that he can do that too. So we're not perfect. Yes, we're professionals. We care about our message. We care about our job. We care about our work. I do rehearse my presentations, my speeches. I do that diligently because I do care about the platform. And there is a discipline on a platform and culture. Okay, but... Perfection is not desirable, and we're not perfect, and it's okay. (laughs) When I am watching TV or movies, which I do less and less lately, but I have to say, especially with movies, I always watch all the way through the end because I love when they surprise me with the blooper reels. Yes, 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 Uh yes. Sometimes it's the best part. (laughs) Most of the time it's the best part. Uh Uh-huh. Just getting to laugh with them because... Well, I would have to think that a lot of them, just like you said, they put a lot of time into preparing these. There's a lot of money that goes into movie production, but the bloopers still happen and we all appreciate it. Yeah. What excites you most about the next 90 days? 
okay. Well, first of all, uh, my birthday is coming up uh, less than a month. And we it's six twenty seven fifteen. It's my birthday, and it's a big six zero. So turning sixty, and my daughter and my son in law, they gave me a gift. We're going on a trip, and they paying for it. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, where are you going? Gift. Alaska. Ooh. First time ever. And it was on my bucket list for years and years. And we wanted to go there with my wife and it didn't happen. So now I'm going to Alaska. And it's like, I'm very excited about it. And other exciting things was actually our conversation. And honestly, because we did have to reschedule. It's not all on you, Kim. The first time it was you. Second time it was me because I had to take care of my mom. There was something came up and urgent and I had to take care of my mom and I had to reschedule. So finally we're together and I'm immensely, I'm enjoying it. And thank you for having me here. Well, thank you for coming. You're welcome, but thank you again. And the next thing, I'm sorry. I interrupted you so rudely that time. I'm helping people to get better. I'm helping people to feel better. And mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I would love to get out there and share my story more. More than just on the podcast. What's the first step that you would recommend? Just to get out and share your story? Well, start speaking. Start speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first of all, there are a number of venues that you can start speaking. You're not going to get paid for it mind you, but you can start speaking, you can start practicing. One of them is actually where I started was Toastmasters. Toastmasters International. I don't know if you know their organization, but they're like worldwide, like about 150 countries. They're not for profit. And they are in the United States, a lot of them. And when you get on toastmasters.org, that's a website, www.toastmasters.org, you can find the club near you. They have like a little link find a club and you can find a club near you what does it mean that you can go there and you have to pay membership fee actually as a guest you can come two three four times whatever depending on the club everybody has their different rule become a member and then you start okay you deliver speeches and you do have a whole program from musicians number one step i spoke at rotary clubs kiwanas again paid but you get a good dinner at least okay <laughs> Love it. Then I spoke at Toastmasters conventions. Okay, they have Mm -hmm. kind of now once a year. I did workshops. Then I actually did workshops, like I said, in Kiev. And it also actually happened through Toastmasters because somebody introduced me and like friend of a friend, they invited me and I did two days workshops on Mm -hmm. skills and uh, public speaking. What else is there? Well, then they're always, when you get good enough, not perfect, good enough. When you feel strong, when you feel good enough, this not for fee speeches, and you feel that you can charge now, then you can start researching conferences, conventions, and apply to be a speaker. There is always look, speakers needed, okay, or looking for speakers or something like that. And you can apply to be a speaker, which I did a number of times. Sometimes you're rejected because you're not the type they're looking for. Sometimes you're accepted. Yeah, as with anything in life, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's like anything. You cannot be perfect for everybody or there is somebody who likes you and who needs your message, who needs your speech. And that's where you present. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another thing is to hire a coach. Okay. Not necessarily me because I'm doing my part. There are business coaches, speaking business coaches, okay, Mm -hmm. who will help you to find gigs to start speaking professionally. Okay. And like I said, it's a whole business, a whole industry. To get better, to get good enough, and then to start actually speaking and earning money. And it's a good life. Yeah. 
one of our mutual connections, Tom Singer, was a previous episode on the podcast, and he shared that he's on the road almost, I think, like 180 days a year, if not more, speaking. And while I would love to get out there and speak on stage, like the same with so much of what we've been talking about here, there are different things that work for different people. Yes, I would love to speak, but being on the road 180 days a year would so not work for me with my family. I would miss them terribly. And the events that would work for him aren't going to work necessarily for me. And even with podcasts, you know, you wouldn't even believe the pitches that I receive from my podcast that just are so not in Mm -hmm. line. So, to follow up on what you were saying, I would just make sure that people aren't just pitching everything that comes along because we really have to know what we're right for. Absolutely. And answering your question about our mutual connection, that worked for him. Mm-hmm. I know somebody who's on the road for 200 days a year. Oh, boy. But listen, he enjoys it. Yeah. That's his life. That's his choice. Okay. You don't even have to travel a lot. You can sleep in your bed every night and still do the speeches, still speak from the stage locally. Yeah. I'm sure there are enough gigs to keep you busy in just like, I don't know, 50-mile radius, 100-mile radius. Okay? You go, you drive there and you come back home yeah. every night. Absolutely. Okay? It's also possible. Yeah. I would love when my kids are grown, and I thought that would be in like uh, six years, not in another 20, but then God laughed and gave us three more. <laughs> uh, you know, I would love... To travel the nation or the continent with my husband in our own RV, you know, that could make it possible to be on the road speaking 200 plus days a year. Maybe that will be something, but I won't know that for another 15 years. That's not anywhere in my horizon right now, unless somebody wants to gift me with a private jet that will fly me out and back in the same day. That could make it doable. Okay, that's a possibility, yes. (laughs) I have to be careful what I try to manifest, though, what I put out there, because... I've seen so much of my life last few years that when I put something out like that, that the universe or God often returns it to me. Like I, uh-huh. here's another story for you. My husband and I had a fight and it was all his fault. He asked me what he could do to make it up to me <laughs> and totally joking. I said, I want three kittens. That day he accidentally let my cat fame who had not yet been fixed out of the house and she came back pregnant. Two months later, five gallons. We wanted a new fence in our backyard. On Memorial Day just this year, the transformer exploded and set our fence on fire. And now we're getting the fence paid for. So I really had to be careful how I put these things out there. You're right, Kim. When I say I want somebody to gift me with a private jet, that does not mean I want it in my backyard, okay? Like, just know that. Just to put it out there, yes. Yes, I just need to put it out there. It does not mean, like, that sounds really morbid. I don't need a private jet landing in my backyard in order for me to get it. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. Isaac, this has been amazing. Where can listeners find you online to connect with you, get to know more, and just find out more about what you're doing? Well, I have a website, which is www.isaac, I-S-A-A-K, pro, like a professional, prospeaker.com. So it's www.isaacprospeaker.com. That's my website, and there is my connection information, my contact information, and some tips, some little stories I put up, and that's what it is, yeah. Oh, awesome. Listeners, Isaac's 
link and all the other resources that we've talked about. And I did figure out who the speaker was. It was Bo Eason, by the way. Aha. Uh-huh. Let me write it down. Yeah. I told you it'll come to you. I, yep. I cheated. I used Google. <laughs> all of the links can be found in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP410. Again, thekimsutton.com forward slash PP410. Isaac, this has, again, been an absolute pleasure. There's a blooper for us today. Sounds good. I like bloopers. We agree we both like bloopers. Yep, definitely. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Well, like in my book, I say, number one, silent people do not leave lasting impressions. Because nobody ever said, oh, gee, he, she, so silent, I wish I was like them. Absolutely not. And when we speak, when we present, do tell your story. Because only you can tell your story because it's your story. And the world needs to know your story. We need to hear it. Every single one of them. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.